Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Why I Make Art, the Sound and Vision podcast book, is just about to release. It features 30 artist features, quotes from artists on themes ranging from music to art school, and some of the Sound and Vision guest book sketches by the artists. There's also a lot of images of the artist's work. It's a thick paperback, perfect for just jumping into at any point for inspiration and insight. It's available for pre-order at just 25 bucks at Altillier Editions' website. You can find a link at Sound and Vision podcast website to order. Pre-orders are extremely helpful, so if you're planning to grab a copy, please go for it now. I'm super excited about the book, and for all of you to hold it and have it in your studio or on the train or wherever else you read about art stuff, thanks so much for the support. Sound and Vision is supported by the New York Studio School. The school welcomes artists from around the world to join this summer in New York City or virtually from anywhere in the world. To learn from dedicated artists and to expand as a maker in the school's legendary marathon program. Rigorous and immersive marathons unfold over 10 days from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time daily and present an extensive range of art making strategies comprehensive critiques, and inspirational discussions. Expansive first-hand discoveries propel artists to relate to drawing, painting, and sculpture as direct methodologies for understanding their experience in the world, the profound impact of which continues far beyond each marathon's conclusion. Generous, partial scholarships are available. Visit nyss.org to apply today. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden make their signature line of acrylic paints, core watercolors, and Williamsburg oils. I'm starting a new group of paintings, and I'm really excited to get into it with my Golden Gesso matte mediums and my Golden Acrylics. I've been using Golden for over 20 years, and it's never failed me in the studio. The new line of So Flat gives a supremely matte surface, and if you're after shine, the gloss varnish does an amazing job. It's an employee-owned company based in upstate New York. Golden's available in your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Based in Seattle, Fulcrum makes incredible coffee that you can have delivered to your door. They have subscription services where you can have different blends delivered that you tailor to your favorite balance of coffee beans. You could save 20% on your order by entering the code ALFREDSTUDIO when you order from their site. Check out their amazing coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com. Eric Yanker is an artist based out of California. After studying journalism at USC, Eric went on to CalArts, where he received his BFA in animation. He then worked on animation for TV, including Seinfeld, South Park, and Mad TV, before switching to a career in the contemporary art world. Since 2008, Eric has had solo exhibitions at The Hole in New York, Ambach and Rice, and Civitas Marcus in Los Angeles, Paradise Row in London, and Jean Rochard in Paris. Recent group exhibitions include Brand New Gallery in Milan, M&B in Los Angeles, the Torrance Art Museum in Torrance, Texas, and Gallery Ampersand in Cologne. His first museum solo exhibition, The Long Goodbye, took place at Cam Rally in North Carolina in 2017, 
and his work has been covered in Juxtapose, The New York Times, The LA Times, ID, It's Nice That, Hyperallergic, W, and many other publications. Eric and I spoke about drawing and painting, beginnings in animation, humor in art, the impact of becoming a parent, Peter Frampton keeping things simple, endless drive, and much more. Here's our conversation. Unless, unless you had a stroke. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it could happen. Things have happened. Um, yeah. So, did did was there something about her you just thought she would connect to the work? I think that uh, at the time, uh, I had I had been showing only with. Um, I started with uh, Kim Light all the way back in two thousand seven or early two thousand eight, and then Jack the Pelican there in Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, I think I really just sort of reveled in the idea that um, I, I don't know if this, this probably doesn't come off terribly well now uh, that I've somehow lasted as an artist, but I didn't want to be maybe considered one, I guess. I kind of yeah, wanted sure. to be a little bit on the um, fringe in my head. I, 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 uh, I have a wife who's an insanely talented artist. Uh, oh, and I, I know her work. For yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, right. And so I knew I wasn't her. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was coming from a different place. I was an animator to start with. Uh, and uh, before that, a journalist. I mean, I, I, had no, I had no business being in the same category as my wife, uh, my lovely wife. <laughs> so I thought uh, there's only so many people that traffic in sort of um, being a weirdo uh, in the way that I think I classify my own self. Uh, and so Jack the Pelican was one of them. At the time, in my just in in my sort of naivete, uh, not knowing that much about anything, and also yeah. probably worried about a certain level of acceptance of just uh, some guy who's uh, funny but can draw. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like is there a place for me? Uh, and then the whole just kind of came not out of thin air. I mean, obviously, Kathy, uh, you know, had a. Um, a great experience through Deitch and, and um, you know, built her own amazing um, curatorial style. Yeah. And uh, I just felt like if I fit in anywhere, it's probably here for now, at least. And, and beyond that, I have no idea where I belong. So. Oh, you, <laughs> you really, know? you really screwed up because you full, you full on became an artist artist. Yeah, no, I know. I had to contend that. with that definition at some point. I, like, Ali was like, you're being ridiculous. Like, just, you're an artist. Forget about it. You're a lifer and that's it. So I was like, okay. You had to come to terms with it. It's funny. I, I, I mean, I, I, at some point in my early college life, I said, I'm going to try to, you know, I wasn't thinking about it professionally. Prof- you know, I just yep. was like, I think I'm just going to do this, you know? Yeah. And uh, you put all your time and effort into it and you're like enthralled by this like weird adventure you know yeah. and then at some point you're doing it for a while and it's like what you're doing and and people will ask you outside of that world like what do you do and you're like i'm an artist and it feels weird yeah <laughs> that's i think that's <laughs> like, where the I mean? that's where the discomfort came from is yeah. well a you have to explain yourself it's kind of like um i i know some sometimes you'll hear from uh uh, minor celebrities or something, uh, and, and they'll be like, uh, people know you from somewhere, but you have to explain to them what you're in. <laughs> I think it's like that. Like, I'm an artist. Well, what do you do? And then you go, 
Uh, well, um, I'm a glorified political cartoonist, I guess. At the time, that's how I would say it, you know, right, and right. in a way that sort of like, um, I realized that that sort of insults political cartooning, uh, because there, uh, that, that was what I sort of aspired to do at one time. I, uh, you know, before the, I actually came up before the death of print journalism. Uh, I thought right. that it might stick around for a little while. <laughs> right, right. It wasn't long for this world. Just like when I came out of CalArts Animation School, I, I thought, you know, I'll go into, you know, drawing with a pencil on paper. Uh, but right. that was not long for this world either. Yeah, so. yeah. Things change, right? Quicker Woo! Than so fast, so fast, <laughs> so fast. That's yeah. funny. Um, I, I feel like, you know, that the idea that, you know, well, I'm so excited to talk about your work because I think, like many other artists or humans, I love humor. It's yeah. such a big part of my life growing yeah. up. And, you know, it's great. Humor's great. And um, there's not, to your point, I well, I don't know if you're making that point, but there's there's not a lot of it in the art world. Yeah. Because, you know, there's so much of the seriousness of, you know, making art. And so, you know, when artists deal with humor, I always think it's so great. Because it's just, it's not easy. I think it's like, kind of, I think about it kind of like artists who use text in their work. Yep. It's hard. It's easy to make it fall flat or, you know, it's tricky. And it's, and uh, there's just not a lot of people use it, but I love it. And when it's done well, it really, it really works. And I think it really separates itself because there's not that much of it out there. And well, like true. bad jokes and bad humor is, it's brutal. And that's probably what I traffic in most, but uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, there's a there's a gravitas that comes with putting your work in a blank white space, and right. um, it, people. I remember early on, it was the strangest thing to me. Um, so I, I met obviously a, a whole world of new people when you start showing in galleries, and I remember this girl who had, um, you know done the whole MFA track thing, you know, something that I probably was like, oh, I should probably do that. I need, I probably need that to be here, right? I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, she said, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I was laughing in your show. Like, she was apologizing <laughs> to me for having laughed at work, and I was like, well, gee, I, that's kind of why I made it. I, I hope that's okay with you. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I also find my own gravitational pull into you know 40 something maturity and and you know um i don't know if that means like these days uh, a, a deeper humor uh, or or maybe a um i've 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 done that so now it sort of allows more expansion or maybe it's that i i also have come to the experience and wisdom of saying that even even if I tried to paint something uh, or, or draw something serious, it'll have its own tinge of uh, humor somehow that courses through my veins. It's, it's uh, I guess, that Da Vinci idea that uh, all art is self-portraiture. It's going to come through your hand no matter right. what you do. And I, I feel that that does happen. And I think it's also in some ways for the people that do know me, and I, I'm certainly not world-renowned, but... Uh, the people that do know me, I think they walk in expecting that there's going to be funny. Uh, yeah. So then you almost get, sometimes you go, wait, that one wasn't necessarily supposed to be at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Which is okay. It's, though. Supposed to be funny. Yeah, it's yeah. okay. Like, what we've yeah. recently, 
especially I, you know we've I'm sure you watched well I would imagine you watched stand up and there's some stand ups who are hilarious who've done some more serious stuff lately and there's that awkward thing in the crowd where they're kind of laughing at things that aren't a joke but because they're just laughing because it's the person that they're used to laughing at you know and it's yeah. it creates I think a really interesting sort of like perspective on what is funny and what is real you know what is really trying to drive the point home but it's funny that that idea that humor lessens the seriousness of art is so weird because if you think about it you know you could have someone who just does a show of you know still lives of rocks you know what i mean and it's something that they're really into and there's a beauty or whatever that investigation that's not really maybe hitting necessarily on a real serious note it's it's just looking you know but often humor the satire in humor is so biting that it's even though it's not quote-unquote serious because you're laughing there is very serious undertones to it so a lot of times you know humor becomes the doorway the portal to open into asking way more serious questions or tackling way more serious issues than a lot of other art that's out there that looks serious because it's a still life of you know waves on the beach or something it's plein air painting yeah but it's not really it's maybe more meditative or more escapist than actual quote-unquote serious do you know well what I mean? uh, satire to me has always been a truthier truth right uh because obviously if you were in an uh you know an authoritarian society um there are ways that you can get your message through humor where maybe you won't be uh hanged you know right uh because you could laugh it off and say well i mean you know i mean obviously uh, certain places aren't so in on the joke but uh yeah there are ways to get around things, uh, uh, you know, even Goya or something. Uh, you know, you, you, there's a long history of finding a way to get to the proletariat through humor. Right. <clears throat> and I think that was my attraction, certainly to, um, you know, political uh, um, or editorial cartooning. It, it was just, may, maybe it was also that, hey, it, it gives you a prompt to, to start with also. So you're not just like fishing out of the sky like what am i supposed to make yes i I, okay i I recognize i can draw yes i recognize um people consider me funny but how do you synthesize that all down into what's the best thing to do with all that (laughs) (laughs) so then you go oh hey there's this thing happening in the world and um i can do that i you know there were times in my life where i wished that all artists could just be in um, a weekly competition, like, hey, everybody, make a piece about this. <laughs> and then right. Somehow, uh, maybe I, I would shine in that uh, arena, but uh, then I also realized that exists already, and it's, uh, you know, people who um, traffic in, you know, making covers for New Yorker or Time Magazine right. or all that uh, kind yeah. of thing. And I realized that, um, you know, I remember uh, early on I, I would... Um, I had a strange um, life in that uh, I tried my hand. Uh, I got into USC out of high school and, and went straight into a fraternity uh, and, and did that whole thing because I didn't know what skin I should be living. In. Right. <laughs> it was Tussing it was a, waters, right? It was a fun time, I have to admit. But it, but I have like no lasting friendships from that time <laughs> either. So if that shows you maybe how hollow and empty. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I remember designing a T-shirt for like uh i don't i don't know what the event like a you know a big bro night or whatever it was i don't know and and just it wasn't quite um cool enough you know it was funny 
but they were yeah. like, uh, yeah, but it has to be a little slicker, you know? And I was going like, oh. That's so funny. I'm not I always... I would think it would work. Like they would be really into it, but maybe well, it's a timing thing. Like it's a timing thing, then, and don't yeah. get me wrong. Like there were things I, I I adapted to, but that's the thing. You have to adapt. If I'm right. just to be myself completely, I guess I have an attraction to things that are maybe just a little bit off. Yeah. I find myself in a middle ground all the time. I'm not. I'm not ever any. I'm only me. I'm never this or that. I'm I'm always right in the middle of something, which is hard. I think sometimes too for the gallery that they have to admit to themselves, uh, okay, we know that, you know, a, a fair portion of this show is unsellable. <laughs> because right. who the hell wants a picture of Putin on their wall or something? And I, I also un- come in with that understanding, but then, you you know, I'm not, I'm not thinking about it in that way. Uh, but at the same time, I have to come to the conclusion on my own, just the same way, like, if, if you have children, uh, you have to let them believe it was their idea to do something rather than you're telling them to do something, you know? So over time you start to recognize like, Oh, even I don't, I I would want to make work that I would want to hang in my own house. And I also don't want a portrait of (laughs) eating popcorn. (laughs) So there is an amount that you do for posterity or to say you are some pseudo historian and people will one day look back and say, gee, that guy was right two years before it happened. If you look at the dates, you know, uh, you know, but uh, I realized, um, you know, we, we, we will all become the same uh, particles of dust. And I, I remember reading a, uh, an article late, uh, recently that said, I think it was like 8% of children even know their grandparents' first names. <laughs> like, oh, that, I could see know, that. And it was kind of like, well, yeah. you call them grandma and grandpa, but I just mean like your lineage just is lost. And if you think that somehow your, your work, because you did this, um, very timely and prescient, uh, you know, meaningful, thoughtful thing for this day and age that somehow that will carry through. Maybe, maybe sometimes things do have that resonance, but, uh, you know, if I, if I, if I'm actually th- thinking about it, it, it's like, it, it, it all just gets, it's in the wash. Maybe sometimes people recognize it, but it, right, it, right. Well, it's the r- risk we all take when we to your point about being you know unconsciously like making work about who you are or what you're living in right. you know it's the risk you take of time right so like right. Manet I mean we can assess Dejeuner sur l'herbe and why he did that and, you know what the quirks are and all that stuff but you know we don't really know unless right. we were living then you know and uh, that Baudelarian idea of an artist being of those of his his or her own time is you know there's a risk 40 years from now, 100 years from now, that, you know, people might see, you know, a Frappuccino in a field or something and not really <laughs> know what <laughs> what that meant, like how it hits, you know. Right, right. But it's really important and really interesting to look back. And there are going to be the people who look back with the investigative mind of figuring out, okay, why did they do that? And how did that change to today? You know what I mean? And I think we do that when we look back at work. You know. We do, but oftentimes uh, we have to explain it too. Because, uh, well, I have uh, a three-year-old, and you know, to to say like, okay, um, let's if if we're gonna if we're gonna do rock and roll, like let's start with you know Chuck Berry, and let's move our way through. You know, let's let's go through the timeline. She doesn't care because if I also put on 
you know, like Baby Shark, we're going to rock out harder than right, right. anything. Well, you know, Tutti Frutti's there too. So, I, I mean, it's the same thing, but it all becomes just one thing. And then later, if they gravitate to that sort of um, historian's uh, mindset where they actually want to put things in a specific order, I don't, I don't particularly see that, although, I, granted, I don't see... Um, much of anything from where I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> way in the desert and, uh, you know, I didn't mean to be this isolated uh, and quarantined. Uh, I, I figured I would be able to come out the last couple of years, but that <laughs> got all weird. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's like you just, I don't see, I don't see that willingness for people to follow you, follow you down that road and, and to have to explain yourself. I also don't see the willingness in me to have to carry people through an explanation of my work it's kind of like does the joke work if you have to explain it it doesn't right uh and i'm also not necessarily trying to make work for the masses i like i said before i i guess i am making work ultimately for me or at least some imaginary peer set um you know just the same way that i think you know the the beatles wanted uh, donovan to like their work maybe i don't know right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah but i think your work is way more communicative to the the quote-unquote masses of the general public then you know people are making work that's about painting or about sculpture or that's getting into the you know the canon approach but that that idea that you know talking about your three-year-old and like that sort of quaint idea of trying to introduce linearity to them right when that's part of our transition i think of because uh, i think we're probably of a similar age yeah yeah i'm 45 um, yeah, I'm 47. So, you know, it, it we had a linear approach to things, you know, right. and now that's gone. And having a teenager, you know, when he was really young, and you know, my son was born the year that they invented iPhones, right? <laughs> so it's a real transition right. uh, for me as a parent, not, yeah. not him. He just grew up with it yeah. for me as a parent. So, you know, seeing how or or worrying now after the fact of being like oh the linearity because i would have students in i teach at college and you know i could see it dissolving like the yeah. linear art history approach or i'd come in and play in a drawing class like herbie hancock's thrust yes and they would be saying like oh why are we listening to smooth jazz and i was like what the <laughs> hell smooth jazz but this was before kenny g <laughs> yes yeah like this this you know that kind of yeah. not understanding what came before it you know yeah, like what yeah. influenced whatever so but my my son's generation those kids they are still investigative i think it's the spirit it's the desire to dig deep and maybe it's not so much linear they'll find it they'll find the other stuff now it's more collaged with the internet like you can go to different eras and different times but you can still have like a deep desire to investigate things and it's cool to watch him do that with music or or film and things like that so i think it's it's just different there's still uh, a looking back and connecting the dots but it's more of like a, it's not linear oh for sure and i <laughs> hope like i didn't come off as i hope i didn't come off as um shaking my fist at, a, at another generation oh, not, at all. <laughs> not at all but, uh, i try to I, do it too like yeah, it's the way yeah. we yeah. think about things you know like the yeah. chuck berry the baby shark thing is a great kind of yeah <laughs> you know it's a it's a great line and i think there is something to be said about you know stages of like if you look at picasso when i was younger i hated picasso i didn't get it and sure. then as i got older i was kind of like oh it's pretty amazing it's like miles davis he just kept yep. opening a new door of exploration and right. if you look at it over time it's really interesting 
to yeah. see the changes that are being made. You know, but if you open up a Google image search, you're not getting that. <laughs> you know, it's well, like, that and also with my minor career, it's kind of like going, oh, oh, what if I start painting on canvas, uh, are people going to accept me? I mean, to go from like the blue period to cubism right. or something, you're going, right, right, yeah. whoa, that's stark, you know, uh, especially at a time. Uh, and again, maybe there was something to be said of, um, well, you know, Paris was the center of the art world and um, maybe I'll just move to Madrid and, and nobody will know right. me there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe there was that. And, and maybe it was that, you know, you could rent an apartment for like uh, 35 cents, but um, right. and be okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's there's so many different ways of, of um, shaking a fist at a new generation also. But uh, I will say that I, I that that linear thing you're talking about and one thing that maybe isn't piling up for me the same way as your um, teenager. I, I have a, a friend who's a school teacher for teenagers and it, they know if a meme came out five minutes ago versus 30 seconds ago. And right. so their linear is different. Uh, it's more, um, I guess, in the same way, the difference between like Wall Street and the day trader. Yes. It's, it's snap, 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 uh, their timing. And so maybe Chuck Berry condenses into Baby Shark a lot more easily uh, than it does for our generation. I don't know. Right. I think uh, that's a great point. I think the depth is more of a, I don't want to say shallow. I know you don't, but you are. <laughs> but in a sense that it's more spread out. Like you, yeah. you get the quick, like you can take it all in really quickly as opposed to just taking one thing, like one meme and yeah. figuring out where that meme came from and the, right. the history of that, like that stupid frog thing, the fortune thing. Like when right. I heard some podcast or something about it, I was like, what the hell? I don't even, yep. that's like a yep. deep dive. I never would. I just saw the picture of the thing. I didn't realize it. Yeah, exactly. So I saw, you know, kids like my, my son's like, the kids using it and i was like do you realize what that means and they're like we don't care like they're yeah. not worried about that you know like the systemic it, it's it's interesting it's just more spread apart and it's more about just like being able to digest a lot of stuff quickly and moving through it than just taking one meal and eating it for like a year and like i really understand spaghetti yeah, but in that way, and, and I'm still trying to understand spaghetti as much as I love it. I know that there's nuances I haven't discovered, but right. uh, it's, um, can there be another, um, you know, Elvis, another Michael Jackson, another Beatles because of that um, lack of attention? And I know that there's major artists, but it's really spread thin. Yeah. And their moment is maybe very short. I, I, I mean, it's an inexplicable thing, I guess, to have like a, a Taylor Swift who I... I not not to be holier than that i have no idea what she sings it's just not in my in my wheelhouse i guess but but i know she's continued it's like a an anomaly that she's still here and and people still care so i know that that kind of thing exists uh but yeah it's not on the level of elvis i don't think is it i don't know no i don't think it can be that way so much anymore just like if you look at films like remember when a movie would have this significant impact it's like a breakthrough movie i know Pickett, whatever scarface or something or you know um the shining is like a horror movie or like these movies that would now there's so much content that it's almost like the moves become a collective move which some would argue is good because it gives a diversity of voice right so like now if you think about let's like take painting for as an example there's a more kind of global you know look and a diverse look at who's making things yes so the zeitgeist may seem watered down or not as deep 
because it's not just like one thing right but there is a there it's almost like that idea of uh, a collective consciousness like breakthroughs can be made through the cloud of everyone doing this stuff you know but you it's, still do see people trying to synthesize things into movements and, yeah. and it's almost like a self-segregation you know right right and I, you, you know like almost like you want to be a part of something and uh, that's what I mean in terms of may, maybe I did want to be a part of a collective somehow and maybe to some people I am but it, I, I do feel like uh, I grew up in a in a way, even at Cal Arts, where you knew you were going to go and work on a crew, for some reason, well, be, I think because of you learn A to Z of filmmaking, and then at the end of each year, you have to have made a film A to Z, uh, you really go out there believing you're an island. Like, I don't need anybody. I can do this from here to there. And then you realize that um, the world doesn't, want you to do that for one i mean there are auteurs but even you know spielberg or paul thomas anderson needs a big big crew to yeah, make their yeah. films they're not doing and it themselves yeah. no but i it's like for some reason I, I i well i came into art at a time uh in the aughts uh when i feel like people were making sure that if if you looked if you had something even remotely like your neighbor's work you one of you better figure it out yeah. One of what, you were playing chicken there, like okay. Right, right. Uh, I remember going and visiting some artist studios, and a couple of them. I, I don't. I don't need to mention who or where, but uh, they they were just making Ali's work, and yeah. I was just like, well, I, I mean, I know she comes by it naturally, and then they would complain like, well, I did too, and I go, well, <laughs> she got there first i right. guess so yeah. i don't know you know i mean uh, it's like the ownership right yeah like a specific way of working right and both and both those artists are are doing really well in their own right now and i'm not gonna say it's because of me telling them uh, you but you <laughs> shift right. directions but yeah, yeah. it was awesome to see like oh they did figure it out you know uh well, that's I think art that, school for a lot of people too yeah because yeah, yeah. i remember in grad school a lot of us were making work that was heavily influenced by the people we were really interested yeah. in. But it's almost like you got to work it out. Like you got to get out of school, you got to work for a few years, and then your voice really starts to develop, you know? Yes. And I think it's like that with comedians and filmmakers and music musicians too. You know, when we, yeah. I was in band in high school, we were making the music that sounded like the stuff we loved, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. once you get connected to those bandmates and you play long enough it becomes your voice it ha it just develops out of it because you get bored of making the same stuff all the time so you start to get your own voice in that process so it's but almost see, like you have it, to exercise the demons you know but is it an exorcism where you're recognizing it or does you know that's what i mean like you you know um want to sound exactly like the Ramones to start with because right. it's easy enough to do. You can do that. Uh, or at least you think you can. It's a, that, that kind of simplicity is actually harder than it looks, but right. a lot of people picked up a guitar because of uh, that, you know? Yeah. And definitely. so, uh, and then, you know, went in their garage and, and, and tried. Uh, but then did they get this sort of, you know, having a three-year-old, I know that uh, eventually... Um, there's like this shame gene that suddenly starts to crop up where, where they'll be like, oh, you mean I can't like, you know, fart in public. Right, like, right. That, you know, that doesn't happen yet. You, you yeah, just yeah. own it. Like you scream out, I farted. All right. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then eventually it's frowned upon. Uh, so I think, is there a little bit of that quality where you're going, it will be frowned upon if 
I keep getting this comparison. I, I mean, I remember um, seeing a couple of my friends' bands, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that that's really cool. It has a really uh, Gang of Four vibe, or you know, whatever." And they'd be like, "Oh, I hate hearing that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, if you're doing it, oh, right. what am I gonna do? You know." Um, yeah. I think every artist has that to some degree, so they build in a sense of shame of doing that. So then they have to keep diving into who they are and finding something new. And maybe that. Maybe I'm just. Um, projecting my own thoughts no i think that's a trigger for sure i think people are like early on they're like i don't want to hear again that my work looks like that person they get tired of that so they you know i did it in my work for the first few years i was showing right Mm -hmm. everyone would always talk about depopulated worlds or just Mm -hmm. empty landscapes and they were and it wasn't something that it was like in the front of my mind of like i'll never paint people Right. You know, I just happen to be intrigued about what the landscape says about people without people in it. Right. So I got so annoyed with that over the years that at a certain point I was just like, you know what, I'm going to paint some portraits of people that I'm really interested in. And I did 333 portraits over three years and it made a show out of it. But it was kind of like that work came out of me getting tired of people saying that I never paint people. Right. And so I exercised the demons. So, yeah, that was triggered by... Yeah, you know, not wanting to hear it anymore. Basically, I guess we all have our version of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I, I think but then uh, the things come back. It's yeah. almost like your parents' voices in your head. Yeah, where like you want to get, you don't want to do what your parents do, or like you don't want to, you just want to push back, you know. Yeah. And then at a certain point, when you're living long enough, you're like, oh my god, I'm like my parents. Right, <laughs> right. No, your truth is always going to emerge, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I just. It's it well for me. It's taken a lot of work to um, get myself into the not only the place I could define myself as an artist or feel comfortable in that role, um, but also believe that that is what I was sort of. As much as fate has uh, a meaning for anyone, um, in my fortunate position of being born when I was born and born who I was born, that I could have that option. Yeah. Uh, I I became that I, I think constantly about the people. there's got to be so many people in the world who could do exactly what i'm doing if not for their um the country they were born in or the circumstances and all that kind of stuff and it it it, it makes me um definitely run back to the studio and go i think they would really slap me hard for not trying harder um yeah you know but then yeah. the same thing goes for being a dad and so uh, that's been confusing over the last few years because i went from literally working all day every day uh to <laughs> just a few short hour window a uh, few days a week which was nice also because i got to have a do-over um for my parents and uh you know do it differently yeah uh which was great for me but um you know to see that i'm not becoming my parents in that way right uh but i think also being an artist uh, was a do-over for uh, my grandmother who couldn't be, uh, yeah. you know? Right. Uh, so, I don't know. And and uh, the comedian, that was always there uh, in my, you know, like my grandfather or something. That, that you could do um, no matter what camp they put you in, you know? Right, right. And so uh, that was important to me for a time. But now I think, you know, um, I always use this example of, you know, Peter Frampton goes from being like the biggest... Um, you know, live album selling artist of all time um, to, in my mind, I don't know if this is true, but like uh, 
you know, when, then he had kids, and then the next thing you know, you see him on appearances on the Winnie the Pooh float, you know. Uh, <laughs> and right. it's like, well, that's super, super cool. Now I look at it that way. Uh, yeah. And I would totally right. be shirtless on the Winnie the Pooh float, although I think that would be frowned upon. I guess they're pantsless on the Winnie the Pooh float, right? Because he's wearing that's a red true, shirt. Yeah. That's, that's more like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also frowned upon. Uh, but I just, I'm not sure where I, I, I exist right now because um not that i'm trying to please my daughter with my artwork but i'm also not trying to not make her proud for her future self um you know maybe there was uh a certain um avenue of work that could be left behind it's kind of like that um seinfeld idea that if you're going to um you know pepper in the language then if you can't do the joke without it it's probably not funny, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah. And so it's almost like work harder at your humor. Be, be yeah. better at your joke. Right, uh, if, right. if they're only laughing because you said fuck or, or butthole or whatever. Then it's like a crutch. It's yeah. a crutch. It's a crutch. And I wonder how many of those crutches... I think, I'm, I think I might be, although I'm consciously saying it now, I think I might be subconsciously trying to swat at my crutches right now and see what remains uh what i can leave out without being egregious uh just because i don't know right no it's i think it's something that you know doesn't get talked about too too much but um as an artist like parenting does shift things a lot absolutely just in the i mean if you're not a sociopath you know um (laughs) you know having a kid kind of tends to deflect the ego a little bit you know because before that it's just about like oh what am i working on me me my show like what am i doing what's my work and then all of a sudden it's like nope it's all deflect or not all but you know you you you're not the center of your own universe anymore right and uh it's a really and you honestly don't want to be (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah you honestly don't right yeah but then then it can also um you you can at least uh, in your own mind um i i do have bouts of delusion where i really feel like wow i mean if i just let this go i mean i will be completely forgotten <laughs> I mean, no right. yeah you can just fall off the grid <laughs> yeah just like whoa yeah. nobody's calling nobody's caring you know and that may or may not be true i know um i i, I I'll say right now, yes, I do have wonderful friends and, and some family that um, would call eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure if the art world would, you yeah. know, who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah. So. But you, you are in the, the, you're in the boot camp time of it, though. I mean, yeah. three years old, like you're in the thick of it. Yeah. It, it kind of changes. There, there's like all these, you know, peaks and valleys and it ebbs and flows. It's like a boat, you know, it's just like. Yes. Where you get more time and then like all of a sudden you're down and up and, you know, and I, but I, I vaguely, one of the amazing things that happens as you, I'm sure you've experienced as a parent is like memory loss really hits like in different ways, you <laughs> yes. know, sleep deprivation, all that shit like really messes oh, with yeah. your head. So yeah. like I can barely remember those days. It feels like two lifetimes ago, but you know, it, it's, it's rough. Like it's, it's so hands-on and you always have to be on it. You know what I mean? Whereas it, that kind of like fades a little when you start to bring back stuff and yeah, it's, it's kind of a nice. Well, I gravitated cycle. to uh, fatherhood in a way that I hoped I would. Uh, and I think that that was very enthralling. Um, it, it, you know, um, 
I don't want to say my child is a mini me because she is her own person, but like we get each other. Yeah. She, I never, you know, there was a, there was that school of thought. It's like, don't joke with your children because then they won't trust you or something, you know, like don't be sarcastic. Don't tell them fantasies. And that was never the case. Like she always smirks when she knows I'm joking and she'll land one right back (laughs) at me. And I'm like, well, we got this, you know, uh, and we have a, a, an amazing relationship. And I think that, um, yeah, there's the potential that it's been more satisfying than going to the studio right, in some well, ways, you know, because you don't well, you don't know what's landing and what's not. Whereas, uh, yeah, there is that objective approach of of um, comedy where the laughter is your guide, uh, yes. yeah, and yeah. so I don't get that with art. That was the thing about, like I said, that apology for laughing at my art. I don't, I don't, I don't get what actually is happening out there with my art. And I know that there's the Instagram thing, but that got very tired very quickly. I found I'm one of those people. I'll admit that it made me feel worse than it made me feel better. So I, I, I've sort of gone away from it because yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't want to be one of those people that's making work for that medium. Uh, right. And it became a thing where you go, well, is it the right pixels for a nice you know, is my canvas the right size to fit on this? this thing? And then yeah. is it the right idea that will get the, you know, right reception? And then I realized, like, wow, that that is not how I ever intended to make things. And I don't want that to become me. Now, and I think it's great for a lot of people. I, I think it, it, it without the Internet, I don't know um, if I would have been able to get the kind of traction I have. So, but that, But it did feel... It's a lot less Wild West now and it feels more institutionalized. Uh, right, yeah. So I, I'm not sure. There's a big I difference, never too. Into there's, there's a difference between sharing it and then incorporating it into the way you make things. So in yeah. other words, like if you're a musician, you can post, you know, pictures of you playing live or, you know, a video clip of like a live show or something or the music. It's another thing to go on there and be doing like Instagram lives all the time and like performing on there. And I think the pandemic really put fuel on that fire too, because there wasn't really a lot of options for people to get stuff out there. So whenever you start shaping it to the medium, that's a different experience. Well, just like, are you going to win American Idol um, by being a punk act or are you going to, you got to have those runs on the end of your, you know, phrasing or whatever it is. Uh, If without that, then, well, you're playing a different game. Yeah. It's not even in the same arena. So, uh, not to say that there's a, um, there should still be the, that, and, I, and I'm sure there is, it's just you hear about it a lot less because it's not as visible, those kids that go into the garage. Uh, but uh, there was that idea of, and again, I'm not shaking my fist here at the next generation upcoming, but it was awesome when you could find a cassette tape uh, in the gutter and then put it in and it's like, whoa, what is this band? And then they become Nirvana, you know? Yeah. It, it's I don't know. Maybe there's a version of that today that I'm not seeing because I'm not young enough to see it. And I, I recognize that. Right. Uh, it's that meme that you missed. <laughs> right. The, a minute ago, 30 seconds it's ago. Like, yeah. It's like yeah. the 50th iteration of the meme that really lands for some reason. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's hard. And it's a different It's a different language in a way. you know. And you don't want to try your hand at it because you will be clunky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Nothing worse than a dad trying to be cool. Exactly. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I'll sit there and say, like, I'm rel- relatively cool. You know, like, there's right. other dads, I'm sure, that aren't. Eh, it doesn't work. It doesn't no. work. No. It's, it's an immediate failure. You know, you can't. You're not, yep. Like, I'm not going to be the first. Right. 
Right. So you just have to own it and embrace it, I think. Totally. Yeah. And I'm sure Peter about Frampton about feels a lot better that his kids saw him on the Winnie the Pooh float than saw him on stage somewhere doing, you know, it, the songs that made him famous. So I don't, yeah. and that's the thing. I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, 40 something was supposed to be the time when you, you, you started to understand yourself better and care less. Um, I think that's true in some ways, but then there's other ways I care so much more. And I, and I didn't know that was going to happen. I think, uh, I I know that sounds so obvious, but, but like, like I'll give you an example. I think I care more about like fatherhood yeah. And that kind of stuff. And like yeah. I do nonprofit work, so kids, like, I feel like more worried about that. And then in the other aspects of my life, like, I just don't give a shit anymore. Like, do people like my show? I don't care. Like, I just want to do what I want to do, you know? Yeah. So it's like the stakes change for me. And then another thing I was thinking about too is like, I was never a legacy person. Like, I never care about, like, if like a hundred years from now people are looking at my work. It's like, if right. they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. Whatever. Right. I'm dead. Who cares? Right. You know, right. but I do think I don't want my kid to be a jerk because I want that legacy to be positive because that's yeah. something that's going to go into the world. That's going to affect things literally. You know what I mean? So that is a legacy where I feel like I want to leave a stamp of goodness, you know, in a way, but it's, it's still really hard. Well, you know, I just want, you know, I just want to make sure that my child feels better about me than I feel about mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that. That's uh, and knowing they'll never listen to this is fine with me. But uh, they're just not in that track, you know. Maybe it'll right. get sent to them somehow, but they wouldn't know how to play it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, right. This is going to be uh, yeah. antiquated. You know, it's yeah, like my, my mom would call me and say, "I don't know how to play this. Can you help me with this?" And I'm like, "I don't. Yeah, it's not right, worth like it. It's, it's a terrible show." Up in my head. <laughs> yeah, I can't right. get it to download direct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I. I didn't. Look, man, there are times where I'll I'll wake up in the in in the cold sweat and like figure out what I'll just go like what what would it be like to be a mail carrier in my area? You know, like just go. It's gonna end. This is not gonna be able to continue. <laughs> I I know that the writing's on the wall. Like you know. Oh, you have uh, that. You have like the like that anxiety of like it just being cut off. Uh. It's, uh, well, I won't say it, 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 it uh, hampers me daily, but uh, right. like suddenly it'll just hit me and I'll go, oh, shit. But I, I can't just like – I have to be – you know, you, you have to be okay. Uh, be, to be an artist, you have to be okay to lose everything because right. there is no guarantee ever. Of course, yeah. And I think that that's the part um, – I was born into the idea of uh, that stability was – uh, well vanity was number one but stability was number two as you can see i got rid of the vanity very early <laughs> but, uh, that's the hierarchy <laughs> yeah yeah i stopped sculpting my eyebrows uh at, at 19 but um i i just um yeah every once in a while it it, it overwhelms me this idea that oh my god uh i have to make sure to keep the plates spinning don't i and and what if this quirky thing that I do is just not, you know, made for my time or whatever. I mean, I'm okay with that being the case, but I can't just fall on my face, can I? And, you know, obviously, uh, I understand that I, I have a lot of privilege in this world and I, I will not fall on my face and I will find a way, but I, 
God, I, now that I've defined myself as an artist, I don't want to not be one. And that's given me something to lose. Um, yeah, but yeah. the worst thing I could imagine losing would be obviously my child. So I, that, it's certainly uh, gradations. Right, um, definitely. But, I, but, but at the same time, I, I have no fear of that for some reason. Uh, my wife does, uh, but she has some precedent to do. But I don't. And I just, I just don't have that... Um, I don't know. I don't have that gene that makes me worried that she's gonna like fly off the monkey bars into a you know a, 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 into a cave or something. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm yeah. okay with her getting scrapes and bruises and getting out there and figuring her way out in life. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna let her cross the street without me just yet, but you know, right. in due time, I'll, I'll yeah. trust that she'll be able to do that. But I don't necessarily trust that I'll be able to continue doing this. Uh, it just hits me suddenly, so yeah. I, I don't know why. Uh, when, when well, did you? I, I, can I ask a question that might yeah. lead up to when you? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Torrance. In, in, okay. in, in California, it's it's a beach community. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a refine a huge refinery on one side and a beach on the other. Right. Uh, I think one maybe streams into the other. You know. So were your in like were your parents were they creative? Did they do things that were similar or were they not in any not in any way shape or form? So uh, they were, were they creative? Were, they were neither creative nor structured. Oh wow, a double whammy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, neither. Um, they cared about um vanity oh okay yeah it was about uh as long as you look good uh then nothing else matters wow so i mean did that is that what employed them uh no okay uh but in life yes just that was an important life goal is basically present you spent a lot of time on it yeah and and also just like uh, you can be um, fighting, kicking, and scratching behind doors as long as when you go out of doors, um, you are um, obedient, polite, and, right. uh, you know, um, so it was Presented, like chaos, chaos inside and yeah. and completely like automatons outside, but, but right. with sculpted eyebrows. <laughs> yes, know? that was very important. We were replicants. <laughs> Well, the reason I ask is because, you know, a lot of artists do have that um, conflict of having parents who really value stability, you know, and no one's really stable in our world, you know, no one's guaranteed anything. But, you know, this idea that, you know, and, you know, as a parent, I kind of understand parents like that, where they they want their kid to be okay. So they just want them to get into a position where they feel there's a high percentage of they'll be able to... afford to live and be safe and take care yeah. but you know sometimes that rubs off on you know kids to the point to where they're like well i i want to do something creative or free but yeah. i what am i going to do i have to like what if that doesn't work out i'm screwed i'm gonna the world's gonna end you know there's this kind of like fear of a lack of stability given to them by their parents you know well i grew up in a i should say i grew up in a household where the sky was always falling okay and so I think that maybe I, I don't want to assign everything to my parents. I've been away from them a lot longer. Than they, right, they, right. They they no longer have an influence over me in any way, shape, or form. I right. well, I'm sure. Well, but we some get deep wired sometimes. Things, yeah. you of know, course, you just get wired a certain way. You know? Of course, like my dad was like, I is a long time ago, but he's very blue collar. He worked really yeah. hard, and I can't stop working. 
Like I yeah. always want to be doing stuff. And I know sometimes I need to turn off the off switch. And I realize that comes from just when I was young of like being around parents who worked really hard and like just feeling like it's good to, to work and to be productive, you know? Well, I think there is that. Uh, I, I do always want to be doing something. I do get bored very easily. And, yeah. and I think that um, I've come to terms with the fact that um, my working all the time is probably to chase away pain uh, and deep, dark thoughts. And right. uh, so I don't have to think about them if I've got a project in front of me. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm getting better at dealing with that. I remember doing in an interview just like this uh, only a few years ago and saying something to like, uh, what would I, what, I said something to the effect of, and I would often say, I don't understand people that can like sip a Mai Tai on a beach and just lay there in the sun and uh, have right. no thoughts or just watch the waves crash. And, and it's the same for me as like, I, I'm not a fan of cheese. Uh, I wish I was because everybody when the cheese platter comes out looks like they're having a fucking party and I want to be involved <laughs> but it's like I put it on my tongue and I want to like explode and throw yeah, up yeah. Uh, so I I feel like I don't want to be the person that can no longer sip a Mai Tai on a beach and watch the waves roll in and not feel relaxed but I'm also not that person yet Right. so I want to be a part of that party whatever that means that meditative party <laughs> I think I got there. I don't. Maybe this is yeah. good news. I don't want to be yeah. like, well, I've been through the ring or whatever, having right. a child that's older. But sure, sure. I think I got to the point after all these years of being on the clock as a parent. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I'm just you are. No, you for care. sure. You care yeah. about this person. That you know, when I I recently went on vacation. This was the first time I traveled. This was just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, since COVID, you know, and, and honestly, I hadn't been on a vacation vacation yeah. in a long time. Yeah. And I love just sitting there because I feel like it's been so crazy, so busy, so much worrying and like, you know, mental, but that I've, I've started to learn how to just like enjoy and be able to shut off for a little bit. It's so really can I ask, hard. Did you even give yourself projects like I will finish these five books while I'm here, or no. or nothing? There was nothing. The only thing there was a project is going to the gym every day, but I do that yeah. because I feel like it makes me feel better, like yeah. I feel yeah. healthy. Yeah. But I don't think that's out of like I've got to give myself something to do. I think I just right. like to do it. It's like you know. So, but no. Well, that's I, awesome, man. Inspirational, I aspirational. I I do aspire to chill out, and uh, I I am working on it. Um, it, 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 I think it's particularly hard right now in that I, I do still want to be an artist and I still want to be super dad. Uh, and I yeah. mean it in a way that's like genuine. I, I, I don't mean like I'm trying to prove something to anybody because nobody sees me doing it or would right, probably right. give me that type of credit. But I know when uh, my child, um, the, the way she lights up whenever I walk in the room, it's like... Um, you know, Kramer and Seinfeld, you know, yeah. when he walks in and everybody applauds, that's the reception I get from my daughter. <laughs> and I, it's like, I don't get that anywhere else, man. And, and right. I earned, I earned that just by being, by being there. And I, I think that art is very much the same way. Cause I'll, I'll tell people that are wanting to start an art career. I, I'll say, I, I honestly can tell you, and I believe this with exceptions, with minor exceptions that, uh, the only difference between you and me is that I'm actually finishing things and putting them on walls. Right. I, I, I'm just finishing stuff because I know so many people that are halfway through everything. 
And they won't finish it because finishing it means that now you have to do something. Right. I, I just kept finishing things and saying, it's here. And I think that that is the secret when um, I do feel those delusional moments where I'm looking up, um, you know, can a 45-year-old uh, start um, as an EMT? <laughs> you know, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm up late at night doing that, uh, I go, well, there's also the other option, which is go back to the the things that got you there in the first place which is just finishing work having it and then being ready yeah uh, and that's served me for a long time uh and so if there is any really big secret about someone super quirky uh doing something a little bit on the fringe or maybe not that entirely acceptable in whatever medium or create creative pursuit you're in finish it just finish right. it yeah and put and and see see what happens yeah you know? no i i totally agree you know i feel like some of it too at least in my own I, well you i think you alluded to this earlier it's also a little bit of like feeling lucky to be able to love what you do or yeah. you know to do it that you you know you know there's only so many hours in a day and you know what i mean like you kind of just want to do this thing you love to do yeah. you know which well, is I've, actually I, a beautiful thing because most people who go to work are like, God damn it, I got to go to work. You know what I mean? And I sometimes feel guilt, you know, that yes. that I just, I can go work. And sometimes I get annoyed if I have to do other things that are leisure because it's, right. a, and, you know, disrupting me from my quote unquote work because I love to do what I do. Well, we forget, I think, well, maybe we don't forget. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but... Uh, the studio experience, the isolated studio experience, while um, I admit early on when I was an animator, I was not a good team player. Uh, I, Like I said, filmmaking from A to Z, I thought I could do everything. So when I was working with a crew, I was just like, well, everyone else is an idiot. I know how to do this. You know, right. I, for some reason, I had that attitude. And I think it's what isolated me more and more into the studio. But what I found in the studio was myself and, and then backwards approach like going oh boy i was actually the idiot <laughs> but the studio provided that isolation provided hours upon hours of meditation and self-reflection that not everybody gets a chance to do because their lives are so busy and i think if anything the way that my life has been structured around my kid uh there's been less time for me to have those focused thoughts like so many of my ideas before my best ideas would be in those early morning hours when I w was just sort of half asleep and, oh my God, an image would pop up fully formed and I would just go to work and do it. Um, there's no room for that because there's a child that runs in my room at that right, before right. I've yeah. had a chance to be in that half sleep state, which right. is the best thing in the world. But it, I'm telling you, man, that's where my best shit came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like you gotta somehow yeah. adapt to it. It's like, totally. oh, well, how do I yeah. start making work that's influenced by running around like a chicken with his head cut off? You know, totally. like, you you kind of adapt. Yeah, it's hard though at first because you get so you know as artists we we tend to get set in our um, our ways even when it comes to like the gestation of images or ideas. You know, and it's like, yeah. oh shoot, what happens when you don't have like when my when I first started living off my work in the studio, my wife worked right. in fashion, so she right. works long hours. I'd wake up, see her off, make a pot of coffee. I had all day and night, basically till like 8 p.m. by myself every day. 
And then you get used to that pace. And then all of a sudden things change and you're like, okay, well, I got to find a way. I got to find a way to adapt to this or else I just won't do anything. And it's funny. We're, we're kind of resilient just like in COVID, like, you know, we can adapt. It may not be ideal, but we're pretty good at adapting to change if we have to, you know? I mean, as a, as a society, I think, I think we are to, to some degree, uh, I think, Again, we have that self-segregation problem where you're just um, going to wherever your algorithm says you should, right. uh, whether it's internal or, or uh, realistic. Uh, uh, but I, I just, <clears throat> I think that um, I'm a, uh, we're, well, we're all works in progress, especially after this new, new defining quality of life where so much uh, of technology was fast-tracked and you know necessity being the mother of invention yeah. I'm glad that some people can be at home with their kids more but I I, I also uh, think that would have probably been a detriment to me <laughs> when I was a kid so it goes I, both I, ways man I, yeah. and um, you know um, people were locked in with their abusers uh, for for many long months and uh, I think that could also be uh, a terrible thing so god that's a good point i mean for yeah for a lot of, i mean you know i was a latchkey kid and i right. loved it at times right. because you know when you're a teenager when you're young like, there's that there's years of battle you know yeah. it's just like imagine being locked in for a couple years every day uh-huh. we should yeah. give kids a medal for dealing with that no doubt you know i i think about this often uh i know i know uh Perspective-wise, I think about a lot of things often, but this is one of the things I think that in my own life I could see having had happened. Like, yes, my uh, you know ancestors went through the Holocaust, and I, I can't truly imagine being there, but then you see something happening in Ukraine, and you go, wow, this is not dissimilar yeah. uh, from what was happening. I mean, it's, it's a horror, and, and you're, you're going, oh, my God, you're seeing it in full color, but... I'm just saying on a small scale, I remember that year. I, I got kicked out of USC because I was a dope and I wasn't ready or prepared for college and it showed. And then I went to community college and I had, I, I think community college now, I, I thought it was a demotion. It, it was the, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I found the teachers there were passionate they wanted to be there. They wanted to help those who wanted to be helped. And I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. I thought somehow I'll get back to USC. Maybe that. Maybe it was like, maybe they saw it more as like a probation, you know. Don't <laughs> <laughs> let me back in. <laughs> maybe I can work my way back in. Uh, but I took a life drawing class for shits and giggles. Once for once, doing something for me and a vocal class because I, I I love singing and. Mm-hmm. The, the, those two teachers changed my life. Um, you know, Mr. Nosworthy and, and, and uh, Mr. Fagan. Uh, Mr. Fagan, the life drawing instructor, like within a couple days, he, he put his arm around me and was like, have you ever heard of Cal Arts? And I was like, well, Cal who? You know, is that like a Cal Worthington and his dog spot? You know, like, I don't know. Is that a, is that a auto dealer? Uh, but he showed me, that, see those six kids in the back? Every year, they try to get into animation school at CalArts. But you are doing what they want to do right now, and you just got to apply, and I will help you. And within months, I applied, got in, and I remember I was working full-time at Nordstrom in the men's furnishings department, 
uh, with the sculpted eyebrows. And I, and I also was going to school as full-time as one can at community college. And I had to live in that chaotic home that I didn't want to be in. Yeah. And I would just, you know, thank God I had a roof over my head and everything. But uh, in order to afford school, I couldn't live elsewhere. So I had to be there. But I remember from 100 days till CalArts, I was crossing off every day. Like, this was going to be my life's change. This is going to be my life's change. This is going to be my... And I can just imagine if COVID had struck and I couldn't have gone to the CalArts campus and meet Allie the first day I was there at orientation. We've been together for almost 25 years now. Right. I mean, uh, I I don't know. My life would just be a different life. and, And maybe... Who knows? I mean... Now that my daughter's here, I can't say uh, I won't want it any different. But maybe it would have been a, a, a better version. I don't know. All I know is, thank God, I got to go to that campus and and see real uh, art being made by by people who were interested in that pursuit from the time they could breathe. I felt very left behind in some ways. Like I have a lot of catching up to do because I should have been here all along if only there had been that type of mentorship. But I don't blame anybody. It's not like my parents could have known how to show me how to be an artist. I just developed it in my own way. It, I, I, I found the skin I was supposed to be in, and now I, I, I could point to people like Ali and go, you, you're going to show me <laughs> what this means. I don't, I'm on shaky ground here, you know? Um, I think the first time she met me, I was wearing like Adidas track pants, shell toes, and a fraternity shirt and a shaved head, and she was like, for some reason, like, I want to help that poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> she saw through it. She saw, well, yeah, she saw through it in, in her own way. And actually, the funny thing is she was an experimental animator. Uh, and I was in the character animation department. Uh, you know, that was the convincing the parents that, like, this is, the, even though I was paying for college, it was somehow I still needed to convince them, like, this, this is an art that you can actually make money doing. Right. It's this is a commercial, employable, like, they, these guys go to Disney and work, you know. But Allie, the whole time we were in school, she wanted to do what I was doing. And every time I'd watch her doing what she was doing, I wanted to do what she was doing. And Grass and is think, always greener. <laughs> well, yeah, but we've had that ever since where yeah. we really taught each other things. Like I could help her with the discipline and the getting to getting to work and the let's go do it. And she could help me with every fucking other thing. Yeah, yeah. To be an artist, like <laughs> just like showing me the lifestyle of like not giving a fuck and, and not caring so much and easy come easy go you know uh, i needed that and i still don't have it but i at least i can see an example of it you know well it sounds like a good combination i mean i think it is that's a yin the, and yang yeah that's a really good um formula for any strong relationship is that you balance each other like for my sure. my wife's not an artist but she is um really good at balancing me just in my day-to-day life you know yeah. like i used to just be this uh irresponsible like carefree never did anything right or on time i was just like yep whatever i'm just gonna do my thing like all you know and you realize that that's not really the best way to be a human being <laughs> to yeah. other people and to get things done and all that and she's just yep. been that sort of like you know that rock on the other side and i at the same time can sometimes loosen her up when she's getting too 
uptight or like you know stressed about things you know so that balance is is important and sometimes people think like oh well you know two artists can't be together or like two comedians can't be or you know two business people but it's really about the personality i think that needs to balance not necessarily what you're doing it's like how you're living and how you are how you're feeling and being able to balance that yeah I, in fact i have this um what is it the marina abramovich or something that says an artist should avoid falling in love with another artist or something oh, yeah, I, right. think that's a, I have that on my wall just to remind me that i'm not supposed to be here now uh, it's like uh it's it, i don't want to get too um i don't know uh swept up in the romance of it all but i mean um the way lightning struck when i uh when ali and i met each other that first day at orientation at cal arts i don't think that you get that twice in life so uh as far as the grass is greener on in in that regard i think we both recognize that that's a rarity Uh, i mean like where there literally was like nobody else around (laughs) like it was like oh whoa you know uh it was a pretty remarkable thing um so yeah sounds good i mean uh that's a good place to be in you know amen (laughs) (laughs) sounds Um, like you've been in a long-term relationship as well so that's uh yeah we've wow what is it 23 years now so yeah yeah around the same time yeah yeah it's been a while yeah, yeah. And we met in 34th Street doing windows for Macy's. That was my no first way. gig when I moved to New York City. Because, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, and I love Warhol and, and yeah. uh, Jasper Johns, and they, they worked in windows. So I was like, well, that's what I'll do. These were yeah. pre-internet days. You couldn't just yep. look for jobs on the internet. You had to just right. go apply, like go talk to people and be like, can oh, I yeah. work here? <laughs> so, yep. So I was like, oh, I'll just work in windows. And then I met her there, so that was yeah. It. You find those people back then; they just wanted to know you, you were going to show up on time and exactly have a, have That's a what spirit for, you know? right? Yeah, and uh, I, I'm still getting used to the idea that that's what I mean about the last time I had to look for a job. You know, you were looking in the trades, man. You know, right. the classifieds. Yeah, back page. Uh, so that's why I'm saying I'm going like, well, that's what I mean in my paranoia uh, when I wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh fuck, if this ends, like, what? Yeah, what, what I will do? I do? And how yeah. do I even look for it? It's the same way as like, how would I go back to the to a dating pool with the way people date these days? Oh, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, it's just I'm not an old person, but uh, when you've been in a relationship for almost 25 years, or or you've been doing the same you know kind of job for as long as i have uh you know there is a scary thing about falling off that and i realize for anybody uh if they've been doing anything for a long time even if they're used to the way the world works today they they go show up to an office every day if you lose what you have you're you're gonna have some timidness about it but uh, it's like how do you you go back you know but there's no there's no like oh hey yeah so um I was running a small business uh, for the last two decades. Um, I'm an artist, <laughs> which means I can do just about anything, you know, because uh, I'm creative. And uh, uh, next, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> unemployable, <laughs> right? Totally. Like, well, where's your resume? Uh, well, here's my CV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not. Yeah, it's funny. It's so. It's almost like if you were like a blacksmith or something, and it's like you know, if that technology is gone, it's like, well, all my skills yeah. were in this one very specific thing but well that's what i mean i i trained myself to be a political cartoonist through journalism i thought i would 
either write or do the cartooning thing, but the death of print journalism. Not to say that there aren't still people doing political cartooning, but it, it's a it's a tough road to hoe. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I guess I wasn't as passionate about it as I thought I would be. I'm not a lifer in that way, although some could argue that that's what I ended up doing, just putting it on gallery walls. But, uh, you know, I, I, these are not employable um, you know, skills, uh, yeah. other no, than the one thing you're doing it in. So I, there is that idea that you hear a lot of musicians or artists say, well, there was literally nothing else I could do on this planet, so I have to make this work. Right, right. Yeah, I'm rolling <laughs> yeah. the dice. This is I it. wouldn't say that that's who I am. In fact, Allie, if anything, she she's always convincing me that uh, you're lucky because you could do so many things. And I go, that's not luck. I, I almost wish that you know there was only one thing on this planet I could right. do because then I'd know I have to fight for it at all costs because if I lose it, there's nothing else. But then there's also this expectation, well, if I do lose it, then everybody thinks I'm somehow dynamic enough to move on and be okay. Where I'm no. not, man. I'm yeah, just yeah. swear I'm not. No, this I'm is not my heart. Okay. This is what <laughs> this I'm is into. This is where I want to be. I would not be okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, a, it's, it's definitely like throwing all your chips on the table, yeah. you know? Yeah. When you, and I'm thinking about it too, because like behind you, I'm seeing all your paintings. It's like, when you made that shift too, did you feel like uh, you were throwing the chips on the table? Because that, you know, you had been working, if I'm not mistaken, you've been working pretty much on paper for yeah, a long always. time. And yeah. then, you know, you made that shift. Was it not that big of, as big of a shift as you thought it would be when you decided to, to give it a no, go? No, well, uh, I did it uh, out of necessity because, um, for one thing, to make eight foot colored pencil drawings, um, you, you're just waiting for your wrist to fall off. Right. And, right. and I don't have that kind of time anymore. Yeah. I just don't have that kind of time. I had to find a faster medium. So I moved into pastels on sandpaper, mm-hmm. and I thought that was going to be great. And it was a lot faster, except for the fact that I'd come in to hold my baby looking like a coal miner every day. <laughs> a colorful so you, coal miner. A color, very colorful. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was digging for a lot of cool gems. Uh, right. But and also, you know, yes, you can wear a respirator and stuff, but um, it just gets in your lungs and yeah, it gets in good. everything. And it's not. And also, my hands were would bleed because I was working on sandpaper. Because you know, you want to do a certain amount of layering and blending. That's just the style that I I felt was appropriate for me. Um, I mean, I had no fingerprints left. Uh, yeah. And every day I'm holding my baby. I'm I'm like you said, colorful arms and bleeding hands. That's yeah, <laughs> she's not think like she's got like a Nosferatu for a father. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I had a fear of painting for a long time. If I'm honest, uh, I, I think the sharp end of a pointy stick just was what I always knew. Yeah. And so I, I was good at it uh, naturally. So I guess in some ways it was the easier way in that I knew what I was doing with it would turn out cool if I just spent the time on it. Um, I think I also had a fear of it because of that thing we were talking about earlier where every artist is supposed to be an island unto themselves. And I had a resident painter in the family. Mm -hmm. uh, And I didn't want to have to maybe subconsciously put my work up next to hers in the same medium. (laughs) Right. Like, well, I'm also painting. (laughs) (laughs) But then I also recognize that, like, that's all silliness. And I, uh, um, 
want to work in a safer medium. I mean, oil still has its problems, but um, I think I was just more concerned that it wouldn't have the maybe precision or finish fetish that I was sort of um, in, in my brain used to. And yeah. I and I and I do love to work gesturally too. But I I think at the end of the day when it comes to what I do as an artist or want to hang on gallery walls or even would want on my own walls, uh, there is a finish fetish that just kind of keeps, uh, you know, like, like the Godfather keeps calling me back in. So right. I, I just, uh, I naturally gravitate to it. So I had to, over COVID, over the last year, basically, learn how to do that. And I taught myself to do that. And I, I think now I've, got my footing in that I feel it's become more second nature than I thought it ever would and now I'm now I'm able to I think just go rather than have to have that learning curve or whatever that means there's still a lot to learn don't get me wrong I'm not in any mastery uh, but uh, at least for me I know I can convey the idea that I wanted to yeah no they work I mean uh, I'm unencumbered by even thinking about trying to master something. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Just keep it so basic that, you know, yes, it is yes. what it is. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a little bit about two things, too. The first being sports. I am, yeah. you know, I grew up playing soccer and grew yeah. up in Pittsburgh, and sports has been big in my life. It is just part of my life, you know. Yeah. And I still, you know, work with, uh, you know, coaching and stuff like that and I, and I love sports and I love like this sort of I don't know there's a ritual to it that I don't think is too far away from the ritual of studio practice and like making work and the physicality of that but I mean sports has been something in your subject matter yeah. over the years is the relationship to it out of general interest in it or is it the sort of iconography of it or the spectacle or all oh, I mean I I have tried to make things that I'm uninterested in and it just doesn't work. So, uh, you know, it's that, it's that thing, write what you know. Um, yeah, I guess there is a lot to that. Uh, sports has become less and less important to me, uh, just based on, I think the time commitment I put into it, uh, (laughs) in the past. (laughs) I think I remember, uh, when Vince Young crossed the goal line in the Rose Bowl a long, long time ago, and I, uh, Allie swears she saw a tear, and I said, <laughs> no, it dust in my eye. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, catatonic for three weeks. I was like, I, uh, that's stupid. I can't keep doing that. But, you know, I would keep coming back to, I mean, look, if, if Kobe and Shaq were going to keep winning championships, I, I was going to be... It wasn't a bandwagon for me. It was like, this is what I've been doing since youth. And, uh, I, yeah. you know, growing up in the Showtime era wasn't, uh, didn't hurt too much to be in L.A. Right. Uh, so basketball especially was just always, um, you know, my ballet. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, you know, I, I also, uh, I think the closest I come to sports now is maybe I make a lot of sports analogies that mm-hmm. uh, nobody in the arts community uh, understand. Isn't that fun? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like a fun. secret language. <laughs> and <then> I, <laughs> but yeah, I used to just endlessly, um, you know, obviously USC and, and the Lakers and the Rams. Uh, but now I've, I'm, 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 just, I'm just there by proxy. I just sort of like hear it th- through the ether and I, I can't spend that time commitment but I, I am still passionate about um, what it takes because I think it's the same thing as what I loved so much about um, Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin and uh, all that vaudevillian approach, the Three Stooges, just 
how much rehearsal it takes to get that good at something. Right. And I just see it because, you know, I think a lot of people respect painting because so many people have tried it and know that they suck at it. <laughs> and so they go, wow, when you can paint, I know what it's like to paint because I've tried painting, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the same with basketball or football or whatever. A lot of people have tried it. And they know they ain't that good, and yeah. so they can tell the difference. Whereas, like, I'm watching ballet. Well, yeah, I I know I can't do it, but I also don't know, like, all the applause lines. Like, suddenly the whole crowd is applauding, and I'm like, wait, what did, Allie, what did they do? What did they do? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Whereas in basketball, I go, didn't you see that pick and roll? That was right, insane. Right. And, uh, you know, so... Um, that's my ballet. I, I understand it. Not to the point where I, I could coach it. I certainly played it. Uh, but to the point, I understand why it's beautiful. I understand what's happening beyond the ball just going in the hole. Yeah. Uh, you know, the that kind of thing. The art of it. The art, of, art it, yeah. of, you know, I grew up playing soccer and I watch it. That's like the only thing I watch, really. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. little shows here and there that I'll watch. But that's like my one religious thing that I watch is soccer. Yeah. And you know, there's the casual fans will be like, I don't get it. Like right. it. It's just, there's not a lot of scoring. It seems kind of boring, but there's such an art to it. But right. Unless you know it, you know what I mean? It just, it's almost like art in a way because people walk in a gallery after stream and be like, I don't get this. What is it? You know, like yeah. I could do that or that doesn't, this is more, they don't because they're not investing themselves in the language of it and the art of it, that they're just like, I should know immediately. I, they want that immediate payoff. Yeah. You know, well, in some the, sports, um, it's like that. You know, like anyone who watches hockey, if yes. you go to a hockey game, it yes. is It's exciting. Visceral. Yes, it's yeah. exciting. Or like a yeah. NASCAR race. I went to a NASCAR right. race for the first time when my kid was really little. Yeah. And, you know, I'd seen it on TV and I was like, what the f They're just driving around in a circle. This sucks. And then when you go to it and you smell the rubber and the sound is like deafening and no one talks, they just sit there with like earplugs and you feel it when they go by. It's like, yes. whoa, this is real. But it's you the know. collective experience of even going to a theater and watching a movie that you can't necessarily explain to a kid who hasn't been able to experience that in a couple yeah. of years or is, or the, the family that's just like, well, I have this you know 75-inch TV and that's good enough, but it's still not the same as that not boom and that rattle that you feel, even from the movie theater next door that's watching like some Bruce Willis movie. Right. <laughs> you're right. watching like, you know, some rom-com or whatever, but uh, <laughs> you're like, whoa, they must be watching something cool next door. I think yeah. I'll sneak over there. Uh, but it's... Yeah, I love the Chaplin quote that art is the concealment of effort. And no, not many people know just, you know, you know no one wants to hear an artist complain about anything. And I get that. But since we're on an uh, art podcast here, I, and I'm not going to complain per <laughs> is that se. What but yeah, yeah, I think that's what the, yeah, Didn't you uh, bill it as that? I think so. Uh, you know, being here in the studio um, and, and just going at it the way you do uh, I, I would never say like slaving at it or anything it's not like that because again it's a meditative thing it's it is it is for my benefit it uh, understandably but yes there's a lot of hard things about it and um anybody can complain about anything so uh yes i, I understand the privilege and 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 the wonderment of being able to do this for a living but people really don't understand they they i think when you say you're an artist for a living, it's a, the raised eyebrows because they think that you're like coloring in a coloring book all day. Right. <laughs> it's like not, and, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that feeling because I, I do go back to that art is the concealment of effort. It, it, I have had those moments where 
when I was doing those colored pencil renderings, which I loved doing at the time, I think part of it was because of the raised eyebrow going like, whoa. But the first question out of everybody's mouth is how long did it take you to do that? Almost as if they pity you. Right. It's like I, it's like I was getting away from that, wanting to show them uh, how much effort the art was. Right. And I think that I resigned myself to get away from that more and actually realize that the best songs that you've ever heard were written in 10 minutes. Right. They're you know? not like, you know, crazy technical. Right. It's just something that it's not easy to make something that connects right. in a more simple way, you know? Right. Right. And I'm not saying that uh, I'll ever get to a place where I'm putting work on the walls that took me 10 minutes to make. I, I'm just not that guy. I, 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 I want to finish it in a, right. in a more completist way. But, but I, I, do, I don't have as much desire or need to make sure everybody knows what I put in. Right. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I yeah. know exactly what you mean. It's like you can still have a complicated melody in a song, but you don't have to listen to it and be like, oh, my God, how did they play that? You right. know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like Green Day, like three chords, simple. Right. But, you know, it's like there's Matisse's that are very complicated as far as the, you know, the composition and, yep. but they just look kind of simple. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's kind of a beautiful thing and not easy to do at all, you know? A absolutely. And then there's that push and pull of um, seeing it in person versus seeing it as a JPEG, which, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, it's it's the one thing that I do really wish that people would understand more is seeing something in person, and, and I'm guilty of it too. Obviously, during COVID, nobody could go see anything, and I'm right. and I'm I'm glad that there was a, a, some avenues to see art, albeit on your phone or whatever. But uh, man, seeing seeing a Matisse in person shows you some of the behind the scenes that you're not going to get from just this cursory uh, glance um, for that second. And, and, and people do walk through uh, a museum and yes, they'll spend like three seconds with a Matisse and think that, okay, I've seen it good, you right. know, maybe not investigate it, but uh, there it is. And, it, and you, you can get up close and personal with it. And, you know, maybe then, you can say to yourself, okay, well, there's a lot to this simplicity. And I think I've always kind of gone with that with my work. Yes, there was the approach that was like the six second idea turns into like, you know, um, six weeks of labor, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. but then I always put in a lot of treasure into the work. So to say it was a six second idea is also kind of uh, minimizing it. Uh, yeah. I think that was more of like a tagline. Uh, uh, it, it was just to kind of excuse the sophomoric or the juvenile that you saw in it, whereas I would still plant all this sophistication into it, <laughs> you right, know, right, yeah. uh, just in case you wanted to go there. Uh, yeah. And so, I, I don't know, like, uh, teach, does, teach does, their own. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like a layering process too, you know, which yeah. is kind of the gift of making work is that these things can be so layered i mean for me like personally in my work you know i have like the 2d painting stuff that i do but then i also do animation it's a big part of mm -hmm. my work and i feel like yeah. the element of sound and you know movement changes the way the rest of it is seen so much you know and it's funny because i never 
I never would have thought I'd be animating things, even yeah. in art school. You know, that happened like later. Yeah. But uh, it's funny because you were studying animation. Like when you were growing up, were you really into animation? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No, that's the thing. That's what I mean. When I when I got to Cal Arts, man. I mean, you're talking about people that, uh, you know, they were making Mickey Mouse shits in their diapers. I mean, this is yeah. like from the time they could breathe they were like they i'm gonna it. be a yeah, disney yeah. animator yeah and i walked into this situation and i, I remember uh we you know there was like a um, i think i gravitated a lot to storyboarding because that was storytelling it, you you could set up a punchline that kind of thing i was more into right. gags yeah uh, so it was part writing and drawing together yeah, yeah. and so uh, i remember the first storyboarding class we had to come up with a premise and and storyboard it and i came in with this um whole uh, novella that was like called Sheriff Dan, you know, and, and it was very violent and nobody could insult his grandmother. And, uh, you know, this is all before Adult Swim, like long before this, yeah. th- this kind of um, mentality, I guess. Be really, really uh, juvenile stuff, you know, <laughs> but funny in its own way, you know. Right. Uh, and just having everyone in the class go, okay <laughs> everyone else was like a question mark above their head right, like, right. Happened? and then the puppy walks in and then the, the, you know it, no it, this was like su- supreme violence and supreme uh comedy in my mind uh right. but it just wasn't landing in that arena and uh, um not to say I ever conformed. I didn't. Uh, I didn't ever conform. I thought, oh, I'm going to do it my own way. But there wasn't an arena for me. I ended up working my first job while I, in my second year at Cal Arts was at South Park. So I did find uh, a sort of simpatico right. way. The, the yeah, only yeah. reason, and speaking of sports, the only reason I got that job was because I played hoops. And you can't find too many artists who play hoops because they were like, well, we played basketball outside in the parking lot every day. Uh, do you play hoops? Um, we actually need a, uh, another member of, they were in this league in Pasadena, uh, the, the storyboard supervisor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I actually need another player. And so I would love to get a two for one, oh, nice. <laughs> an employee <laughs> and a player who will practice the drills with us in the parking lot. And then we'll go to the game at night. And so See, I, you never I, know why you never know. <laughs> Some would think like, Oh, if I waste my time doing that, Right. It's going to take away from my chances of being an artist or getting a job or whatever, and, and right. not so much. There's always a way in uh, just by being who you are. I mean, uh, doing. I, I got to work uh, on Mad TV. I got to work on, on you know with Seinfeld. Uh, so um, just by That's being an cool. animator, yeah. I mean, I did the you know Signimation for the uh, as a bonus feature on on the DVDs uh-huh. that you know nobody. It all streams now, so they're like no, those I are have gone. The DVDs. But, I was oh, you a, do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my wife and I went through a phase pre-kid where, yeah. I mean, Seinfeld was huge. I mean, you yeah. can't live in the city I live in without one Seinfeldism happening every day. There's always one thing that happens that's totally you know, true. Related totally to Seinfeld. True. To be like, oh, that's the traffic thing or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, it, 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 it has become, I think, for a lot of people, their sort of scriptures. Yeah. Uh, they go to you know uh, th- to make you feel comfortable in your skin. You go okay. I, th- I saw that, and this is how they dealt with it. I'm going to deal with it better than they did. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I'm going to have more humanity. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, uh, actually, you could blame Seinfeld for me being an artist because um, without that Seinfeld cheese, I wouldn't have had enough money to 
I, I, I quit animation. I rented a studio and I, I started um, picking, about, uh, picking apart a, um, a Gap pinstripe shirt, uh, pulling all the threads except for the pinstripe <laughs> until it was like this, um, the consistency of a child's whisper, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I kept doing these things, uh, these very labor-intensive sculptures. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was a means to an end, obviously. Uh, I felt like I have to do something really serious in order to get people to uh, know that I'm serious about sculpture i guess i don't know (laughs) what was happening but i was also like in this animator sensibility where i was like well this is like animation every day is like a lot of labor you're you know to make a scene i mean like 24 frames a second if you're talking in a disney uh movie it's a ton of labor uh to get something to to move yeah Yeah. i mean little trace movements that are imperceptible uh, frame to frame really Right. Uh, become this beautiful thing and if it's done just a little off it it has to be completely scrapped <laughs> you know right. and you figure out where where did I go wrong um, there's all these frustrated performers at CalArts uh, you know ultimately their their mugs were not made for the camera you know <laughs> right. so for radio. this is what they do they, they, they stand in front of a mirror and endlessly uh, make this movement and then try to recreate it and it does come from life. And that was the thing that got me into animation was that gestural drawing where you could capture a movement in five seconds, ten seconds, you know, right. that kind of thing. That's yeah. where they show, oh, that's the skill you need to do that type of animation. But now you look at animation and, you know, again, I'm not begrudging the, the way things go or I'm not shaking my fist, but... It's just different. It's just different. Yeah. And I didn't want to be a technologist in right. my craft. I, I, I wanted that tactility of pencil on paper. I found a way to continue to do not only political cartooning, but animation yeah. and do it with pencils on paper. And now I finally have gotten over my fear of painting and I'm going to see what happens. Yes, there was, to, to your question, I think before, there was trepidation and there was fear that, and, and I think not fear anymore now that I know I can, but there is a proving ground still, right. uh, even even to my own gallery where, you know, I think they might prefer that I just do what people know because uh, it, it's always scary to change, but... Um, it's not that different. I feel like it's always more different in our own minds, though, than in the viewer. That's what I really. found. That's what I found, yeah. We're, we're like, oh my God, we're going to change this or, you know, like I'm going to move from canvas to linen. I even moved from wood stretchers yeah. to aluminum ones. And yeah. for some reason I was like, oh my God, this is like, it's very different. It's like, no one gives a shit. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cares. Literally no yeah. one cares, but it feels different to me. I'm like, oh, this is nice. This is different. You know, it's exciting, but. Oh yeah. And to, although I don't see many people, but they're like, oh, those are paintings. Right. I thought they, I thought those were still drawings. And you, you just go, people for, uh, you know, when you do something in a photorealistic way and you recognize that just the layman doesn't know the difference between an actual photograph and a painting and it's so obvious to you. Right. And it's like, really? You can't tell? Uh, but no one's paying attention. No, they're, not, they're not thinking about it that way. You just tell them what it is and they go, okay. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go with that until in further notice. In a way, notice. it's nice because yeah. they're just they're they're responding to the image. It's like if a musician is using a drum machine for a track, and they're like, "I had no idea." They're yeah. just listening to the song. You know, it's not about picking it apart. You right. know, they're 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 left with the feeling of the image, which is we, we put up our nice. own guardrails. Uh, yeah. You know, in order to have um, 
a self-segregated elite. Uh, that's right. what we do. We would say, well, if you're not doing it, uh, if you're doing it with a drum track, you're not allowed to hear. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's only no for peers. Yeah. And no one cares. They're just listening yeah. to the song. No one's like, yeah. oh, did you use this pedal for that or auto-tune? They're just like, no, whatever. At this point, I, I think it was more like that in the past. Nowadays, yes. it's kind of like, hey, you're leaving us with whatever you made and we'll just, we'll just, digest that as it is you know what i mean and not get and i think that's the same as i think kids are discovering in the schoolyard at least i hope that those differences are to be celebrated schoolyard uh, look at you you know Boomer. yeah whatever <laughs> what do they call it these days a playground i don't know what is it uh, uh i think it's discord <laughs> oh okay <laughs> they just go home and then they get on the digital <laughs> that's, that's the that's the playground right, oh, right. Shit, man uh-huh. tell uh, old, buddy but it happens to all of us we're all gonna we're all on that same path yeah 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 but I, you know what i mean like where you know whatever somebody brings to the ta- table whether it be a limitation a disability or um something formerly we would have thought to be um, limiting yeah. uh, other people are seeing is now like okay that's cool that you're different and right. uh, I'm hoping at least uh, that that's the way it's going I, it's probably not in every zip code but no but I uh, think there's something to be said for that for sure yeah maybe for some reason it made me think of Django Reinhardt you know I've always loved yeah. Django Reinhardt and then you see a picture or a video of him where he had like two he played with two fingers yeah he like yeah. blew off the other ones, I think, or was it? A, it was either a fireworks thing, or it was a. It was something that was born. I don't know, but he played that style with two fingers. What yeah. the hell? I That's think it was amazing. severe masturbating. I think, but that I'm not sure. That always this. does it. I swear. That's <laughs> <laughs> poor Django. Yeah, I was in jeopardy for a while, but uh, I got I got it under control. <laughs> yeah, right. I uh, know. <laughs> I need these hands for yes, painting you can't, now. <laughs> you can't. You gotta use the other one. You know, no, use Django. Your less <laughs> That's right. <laughs> No, I know. I've noticed all these different styles of people playing guitar. So, as it turns out, so many of my friends are musicians rather than artists. But I, um, I don't know why that is. It just kind of what I think we all met in karaoke, really. Uh, ah, you know, nice. we get, for until COVID, um, all my friendships were like screaming at each other in karaoke bars, and now, <laughs> like you know, uh, we moved out to the desert five years ago. Uh, I built us some studios out here, mm-hmm. and we've actually gotten to know our friends because um, we're not just screaming at each other through microphones. Right, like, right. They come over for a weekend or something, and they're yeah. like, oh, right, your name was that, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> instead of knowing just what songs you like to sing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, karaoke and like cocaine are the same thing. Like, there's so, only so many people that'll go along for the ride, you know. <laughs> right, uh, right. And the rest just go, okay, uh, you addicts can do what you do. <laughs> yeah, that said, are you, you know? building a karaoke room in your property? Well, it's always been there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what can, can I tell you? It's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was. Uh, we built the house around a karaoke machine. Nice. <laughs> no, it's a, actually the studios. Uh, we use Ali's studio. She doesn't mind. Uh, and I think you know people get high on oil paint and just uh, sing. So uh, sounds, but, sounds like hell. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great because there's no you know we're, we're acres away from neighbors and uh, yeah. there's no chance of uh, anybody complaining. The coyotes howl with us and right. No disturbing uh, the peace. No disturbing the peace around here. Yeah, that's it's pretty good. It sounds it's like been a pretty, pretty good situation. Good. It's yeah. a good situation other than, obviously, for everyone, uh, when COVID came around, I, I never intended to be this isolated. Right, right. Uh, it's, it's a great well, place to quarantine, but... It's Jesus. one thing when you choose it. It's another thing when it's just there, yeah. you know? Yeah, 
Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, are you working on something specific now? Do you have anything coming up that you want to plug for the people? No, no, just um, plug that. Uh, don't don't judge me for my painting. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gabriel. I've never met a non-fan of your work, to be honest. Oh, that's that's. Uh, man, I I would. I need to hear that sometimes. Thank well, you. Well, I'm I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a long time. I think you'd have to be a real idiot not to like your work. But what do I, I mean? <laughs> well, me too. No. <laughs> well, you know, man. Uh, I I think uh, all artists need to hear that, no matter what. Uh, it's just the same as being in a relationship, and don't forget to say I love you sometimes to your local neighborhood artist. Right. <laughs> because for sure. we forgot. I mean, I I. Uh, I am my own worst enemy sometimes, and um, I do let it get to my head. Uh, thank God for the levity of a three-year-old. Uh, she's she brings me right back down to earth and and uh, doesn't allow me to, um, you know, self-immolate uh, when I need to uh, sometimes. But no, I'm th- I'm thankful that uh, people uh, ha- that at least uh, en- uh, enough people have uh, gravitated and enjoyed the work that it's allowed me to do it for as long as, as I have and um, EMT training starts tomorrow and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll land on my I'll land on my feet I'm sure but uh, I hope to continue doing it for a lifetime and I hope to I hope that um, I hope that I I hope that I through it I keep shaking hands with myself like getting to know myself and and um, in so doing I hope that even if um, there are people who are fans of mine that go to a show and don't get to specifically meet me. I, I hope in some ways that the work has enough honesty and sincerity about it that um, my work in and of itself is a version of meeting at least a part of me. And right, so definitely. I, I want to leave that on the canvas or, or paper or whatever it is to some degree, as much as my time and energy will allow for now. Uh, yeah. And I know that my daughter is going to um, start school because she she wants to. Like She keeps putting on a backpack and hopping in the front seat of my van and like driving, <laughs> pretending to drive herself to school. And then she right. goes into Ali's studio is like, you know, kindergarten and when's my studio. Is, <laughs> whenever it's like different times a day, man. So she just shows up whenever, but like she keeps putting on a backpack, fills it with crap and goes to school. I'm like, do you, do you want to go to school? Cause you know, I had sort of intended to kind of do it myself for you know as long as possible and no you're lucky uh, man that's that's a gift some a kid who's ready to get out the door on their own usually it takes like two hours and you got to wrestle them and it's well we'll see we'll see man because like i said you know school uh, starts between the idea and then what you (laughs) do yeah yeah yeah. i want to be an artist i'd like to go to the studio (laughs) and then you try it out for a couple months you're like wait well that's what i'm thinking man she might recognize when she gets into class that you know every once in a while you're sort of having to sit down and oh, uh, right. you know that, there's no, like no there's well. no rules here it's like uh, and and uh, like she'll she'll look at you know i'll empty a box of some order that comes in and uh she'll uh, she'll say this box is telling me it wants to be a pair of shoes because <laughs> she knows like <laughs> everything that comes in the house i can make something out of anything right, you know right. and so she's living this lifestyle where we just make stuff all the time with our hands and it's a constant just creating and i'm very curious to see when she sees other kids that maybe don't have that approach um basically my childhood yeah uh if she leans into 
because she's a total ham and a total weirdo like her dad became <laughs> when he learned who he was and i just never want to want her to feel that's wrong i hope she leans into being weird because everyone else is maybe more whatever they are well, it uh, sounds like, like everybody you, lean into themselves you yeah know? well it sounds like you've created an environment where um she'll be true to herself you know yeah i th- i think so i think that i think so i I'm gonna. I just follow her where she leads. That's that's. Uh, I always talked about parenting was this thing. I, every parent, bef- while Allie was pregnant, I kept asking them like, "Do you, do you just start parenting, or do you wait to see who you have to parent?" <laughs> and then I realized like, "Oh no, you wait to see who you have, yeah, yeah. and then and then you figure it out." Yeah, there. you got to react. <laughs> yes, that's it's more sure. of reacting. Yes, yeah, which is where my comedy comes from. I was gonna say about the stand-up thing that you mentioned earlier. I don't I don't watch stand-up um, because I feel bad for the performer. It, it makes me cringe all the time. I think that there's a part of me that knows what it would feel like to be up there. Uh, it's very naked. Yeah. Um, some people really lean into bombing, and I'm not one of those people. That's why I think I put my art uh, on a canvas or paper as a proxy for me so it can absorb the booze right, <laughs> rather right, than right. me having to be there. <laughs> I, but then my, my, uh, my humor is reactive. Right. And so I think that lends itself well to fatherhood. Yeah. Uh, so far, anyways. Uh, we'll see you <laughs> when she gets a teenager or whatever. Uh, but I, uh, I, I am someone who, when the scenario is there, I'll find the humor in it. But to write it before it's happened, I don't want to have to create it. I just want to have to make it funny. Right, right. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds like a good, a good way to do it, you know. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, man, it was a great to talk to you and meet. Yeah, it's great to meet you as well. I, I hope to see your work in person. Uh, I don't know if uh, you ever get it down to the West Coast. Oh, man, I've been shown. I was just talking about this last uh, last podcast. I've been shown in L.A. since 2003 at Sandroni Ray. So it's been a while. Oh, yeah. It's been a long time. But I yeah. would love to. I mean, I you know, I have a lot of friends in L.A. It's a great place. So I haven't even shown in LA since 2016 because so, the holes just well now they have a they have they just a, opened one though right yes they did yeah. yeah so we'll see what happens I'm uh you know I'm just creating right now and and um you know sometimes it's good to be left to your own devices for a while but Definitely. then when the phone doesn't ring at all you're like whoa wait a yeah, second wait, wait, it's a little too long it's a balance you want to choose it it's like That's oh this right. feels good for a little and after a while you're like wait you guys didn't forget about me, right? Yeah, yeah I'm still on the roster, right? That happens to all of us, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Check yeah. the website once in a while. Wait, my still. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, right uh, on, man. I love the work, and uh, it, it was great to talk. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, and uh, keep in touch. Thank you. Sound Division is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. Why I Make Art, the book, the Sound Division podcast book, is almost here. It's it's here, but most of them shipping out soon. Um, a little bit of slowdowns because of you know things being on boats stuck in um, shipping harbors, but the book is almost shipping, and I'm really excited about it. It's got a lot in there. It's 25 bucks. You can get it at the Altelier Editions website, or you can get it at Artbook, the distributor's website, or Amazon or wherever. 
So um, if you like the podcast, if you could support it, that would be great. Many thanks to Eric for taking the time out. Check out his work online. It's a whole gallery wherever he's showing. It's really funny stuff, really good work. And um, many thanks to Michael Lovett for the intro as usual. And many thanks to you for listening. We've got some pretty great episodes coming up, so stay tuned. <laughs>